Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right. Good morning, beautiful people. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. You are tuned in to Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nubay Brown, and perhaps you are listening on uh, the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. We are going to be in conversation with Trey Xavier, who spent far too many decades uh, behind California Department of Corrections and small R rehabilitations walls. Uh, But he has an amazing story to tell. Can't wait to get started with him. Uh, But before that, I want to remind you that we are in the fall or winter fun drive and uh, here at KPOO, San Francisco 89.5. And want to make sure that you get those donations in because we count on your beautiful people-powered support here at the radio station to make sure that we can continue uh, bringing you uh, this wonderful programming, um, commentary that you will not hear anywhere else, music that you will not hear anywhere else, voices that you will not hear anywhere else. Uh, so please keep it coming by making those donations. You can uh, send your donation in by making your check payable to KPOO and then send it to KPOO PO Box 156650 San Francisco, California 94115. And of course, you can go right online. It's very easy at kpoo.com and make your donation there. Please be generous, although y'all always are. Um, and we thank you. We are in such deep gratitude uh, for that. And I personally want to give a shout out and thank you. Deep gratitude to all those that have been holding down uh, KPOO for all of these years, all of these decades, and uh, for this very precious hour that we have been able to uh, put before you for the past 15 or more years years at uh, Prison Focus Radio. So thank you so much. Uh, this very precious hour being given to the voices of our people that are uh, suffering modern-day slavery. So uh, with all of that said, we are going to get started with our show. Hope you will stay with us. Um, tell your friends to tune in as well. And here we go. This whole this whole experience is no, it's an honor for me to be here. It's an honor for me to be allowed to, to contribute to the paper. This is all a part of, I never, you never know where, how things are going to turn out, but these are things that I envision. I don't know how they were going to happen, but I already knew that they were going to happen. Absolutely. You know, who they were going to happen with or where, but I knew that, yeah. Well, so speaking of that, so let's introduce uh, you to the to the audience because I have mm-hmm. the privilege of being able to, you know, be face to face with you and look in your eyes All and right. see, you know, and often, and of course it's going to be on radio, so mm-hmm. only they can, you know, it's, they can only hear. Okay. Um, and and like I said, it it it's for me, it's a, it's it's an amazing experience because oftentimes I do these interviews by phone or mm-hmm. you know by Zoom or something like that, um, or. Um, you have to do it over multiple calls, you know. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, you do them like that? Yeah, oh, sometimes okay. we do it over multiple calls. Oh. If it's somebody from... from Global the tail? Yeah, exactly. Always interrupting? Always yeah. interrupting, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I would love for you to introduce yourself and okay. say who you are. Just a little bit of background about who, who you are okay. um, would be great. Okay. I go by Trey because growing up, I grew as, uh, I went as Tony. But Tony died in 1994. Mm. I go by Trey because Trey, I'm the third. 
in my um, family, in my line of uh, my grandfather, my father, and myself. Okay. And um, I decided, I decided, um, actually when I was, um, I, I was incarcerated for a bank robbery in 1994. Okay. Um, and here but, in California? Yes, okay. in Long Beach, California. Okay. However, it started in um, back east and ended up right here. Ah, oh. mm -hmm. <laughs> they're always calling me. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that they so, feel like they can stay in touch yeah, with them. Yeah, Thank you for yeah, staying in touch with them. Trey yeah. just got a, a call from the inside. Yeah, and, yeah. All right. So, um, where was I? Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah. So when 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 so I I kind of like feel that my life changed actually when I was on the run. I ran for two years. Mm. For, uh, the bank robberies. What was that like? I mean, being on the run. I guess it was like um, the reg my regular life because I mm. I was in the revolving in the revolving recidivism door. Okay. You know? I, but I had never done much. It, they called it back then. They called it you did you're doing life on an installment plan. Okay. So I was really never getting off the road. I would have scound from from the gate and catch me when you can that type of wow. that type of attitude that type of attitude well I, and I'm gonna um, uh, your freedom was important to you regardless yeah. of what is it you were doing you you wanted to I, I'm gonna say yeah. that that's a that's a, a real commitment to you mm -hmm. to your freedom I'm sorry that it was you know in that mm -hmm. you know kind of a negative context you know that um, but, <laughs> but I've always been, uh, I don't know. How it, old were you when this started? What, what started? Yeah, this, when... This recent, it, the last... No, no, the, the, the revolving, oh, like, how old oh, were you, like, when you first... 17. Okay, yeah, so... You know, 16 was just playing around and stuff, and, you know, joyriding cars and stuff, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, smoking pot, and then... Then it was like... Just um, doing typical things, yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay, so they're not so great for then you. 17, but 17 became... Um, I became a little more... It became what I knew best that I could do. And then, then there was this... You know, I had an image to live up to. My father was... My father was a, a pretty charismatic, um, well-respected guy. And everywhere I went, it was always... You're going to be bigger than your father? Mm -hmm. So it's like something that I felt that I had to live up to as well. Right. You know, uh, my father was written about in, in one of Donald Bruin's um, novels called El Dorado Red. And um, it wasn't particularly him per se. As a writer, I know how people how people write now, now that I write. Mm -hmm. So I can tell what part is my father's character. Okay. You know? But um, wow. so I had to live up to those I felt I had to live up to those, so I had built an image that it was became increasingly difficult to live up to. Mm -hmm. You know, then drugs came into play. Um, I didn't. Was I this didn't, in the eighties? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, I didn't even. I had never done drugs until when I came to California. I was around. I came to California in seventy nine, and around the eighties when um, the cocaine thing became popular. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, it devastated you know, our communities. Yes. I mean, it, it wasn't just... And also because you don't have the other resources necessarily behind mm -hmm. you, you know, other opportunities and things like that. I mean, I think about 
the but difference. But it didn't start off. It didn't no, no, start I'm off not. as a um, low thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like high class. You mm. thought you were high class. You were getting high. You thought like, oh, of this course, is okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's not what's the, what. Uh, that's exactly. what I mean. That's not the really the reality. Yes, of course. Yes. The, the life is not the same for no. black people as no. it is. So, yeah. So if you get caught in this idea that it's somehow different, the same for you. Right. 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 And um, well, they started. The, the first was the powder, then it came the. the what they call crack now, but right. it was freebasing then, you know. So and that took my um, behavior to another level, mm-hmm. you know, to where um, to where I, um, like I said, I continued to to build a character that I increase that was increasingly hard for me to live up to. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So when did you? Um, so what happened that actually? Uh, got you imprisoned for how long were you? What was the longest? Twenty-seven. Twenty twenty-seven years. Before that, the laws were um, like you know you could do a robbery, you get out in twenty-four months, right. half time, twenty-one months, fifteen months, and but at the same time, these things were adding up. Right. No one knew that years from now that you would be convicted for what you did back then. Right. Um, unfortunately, what I did. Kind of, I robbed the bank. I robbed banks. So, you see a person that, but a person, there are a lot of guys who only had like fifty dollars worth of cocaine, who got more time than me. Right. And I was sentenced to forty-four years to life for robbery. Yes. And but there were guys who I know. One person had one hundred and twenty-five years to life because he forged five checks. I know a guy who had fifty to life because he. Was D, a DUI period just a DUI because of the third DUI, DUI is a felony and any felony could enact the third oh, strike. So the third strike. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, and this is just wrong on every. Yes. On, every, on all levels. On all levels. On all right? levels. Right. And we won't even talk about you know continu- mm-hmm. you know continuing to create the conditions that. Look, I know that people are responsible for their actions, mm-hmm. but. We're all responsible for the actions, and yes. we're complicit in creating conditions that make be, make it easy. Like, well, this is what I, yeah, this is what I know best mm-hmm. because there isn't really much more for me to be able to right. to to aspire to necessarily. And I'm not saying that's exactly the same case in every mm-hmm. scenario, but but for the most part, yeah, we're a product of our of our conditions, yeah. right? The crimes were done. I had multiples, but they were done with notes. Yeah, no You're not hurting anybody. Right? And I didn't have a weapon. You know. Yeah. So how did forty four to life, and then you got to? I mean, I'm I'm probably jumping ahead here, mm-hmm. but no. So you got forty four to life, and you spent twenty seven years in, and you yes. got out. Okay. Yes. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Forty four to life for yeah. bank robbery. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. I mean, yeah. And how old were you when that when you got that charge? Thirty five, thirty four, thirty five. Okay. Like that. Yeah. And I did twenty seven, and um. Yeah, most of it was done with, with notes. There was no weapon or anything. But um, that, that when, I, when I look at... I, I'm, a, I'm an actual believer in the universe has me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I would not recommend prison right. for anyone. Right. But it took... I think it took 27 years to get the calcium that had built up on my soul and the thinking to get to get me clear of it because I had bought into a lie bigger than the the January 6th lie. Mm-hmm. You know, I had bought into, um, you know, stay true to the game and 
all sure. this, all these things that I was taught as a as a youngster, yeah. and you know, play by the rules and. But no one uses the rules anymore. It's a new generation. And, well, yeah, I don't think know. people. I mean, there are some rules, rules for some and rules for yeah, others yeah. as well. But um, but I hear you, and I don't yeah. want to take away from your experience. Yeah. I believe as well. The yeah. universe has us where we want. Where, but I also think as human beings, we do have a lot of power mm -hmm. um, to create conditions that I think, as a young person, uh, we could we we I we could have done as a society so much better. Yeah. But it's hard to, to do better when, um, we, you know, we start with the history of this country mm -hmm. on slavery and genocide. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we just can't escape the remnants of that and the, the, it, the new iterations of the founding of this country. That's and, America's birth defect. So hugely, because then, you know, so how, I mean, and... We're really not that old of a country, right? right? We're a fairly, exactly. a fairly mm -hmm. young country, and so how we treat uh, how we treat black people in this country, mm -hmm. how we treat indigenous people in this country, and the descendants of indigenous the mm -hmm. the um, well, we know that there are Afro indigenous people here. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, but I'm talking about the American mm -hmm. Indian, if you want to, yeah, they're here for a specific purpose, and this country was designed to have black and indigenous people, mm -hmm. poor people, in a certain position in order for capitalist imperialism to to continue to thrive. So we have to get out from under things differently, I think. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like... <clears throat> sometimes I, I debate between, does it all have to be torn down first and start over? Does it, you know, is it that extreme? Because it seems like it, it, it's getting more extreme, even though it's it's hidden a little bit now, and and some blacks are able to have more than they had. I mean, I don't think Malcolm or or uh, Martin could dream about the money Jay Z has, or the and they were they were in it for the fight for us, and these guys are billionaires off of poetry. I don't think that they can envision, or or if that was so, I'm sure Marcus Garvey and them could have did a lot more than what Jay Z and them have to get to do with their. You know what I mean? That thinking isn't isn't there anymore. So maybe they're allowed to have that because that thinking isn't there. Maybe they're allowed to be up there with them because that thinking is no longer as prominent as it was with Garvey and and uh, Huey. Malcolm and Elijah. I know. You know. Well, yeah. So, are you saying? I mean, because I feel like Jay Z is a great capitalist, mm -hmm. right? And yes, he's able to use his music, but he's a great, great capitalist, right? right? And um, you know, Martin, Malcolm, Huey, mm -hmm. all of them. I mean, they were assassinated because of what they were uncovering and the truth that they were speaking about yes. about this country, right? And Jay-Z isn't doing that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah, that's, that's why, why they're allowed yeah, to... Yeah, that's why they're to, allowed yeah, they're to... Allowed to, to make, they're allowed to make. I mean, yeah. that's what capitalism is about. It's like, mm -hmm. see? See? You can make a lot of money yes. and then that becomes the the measure right. to your success. And if you're not doing that, then that means, you know, you're, you're the defect. You're at right. fault. Not an indictment on the system. Right. Again, 
let's go back to you feel like you needed those 27 years to kind of get your mind together, right? And then I... Yeah, it sounds sick, but... but, No, 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 I get it. Because, (laughs) but then I... And and I think people, young people, Mm -hmm. need kind of confined, controlled environments that let them be at their best. Yes. That work that you did, I'm, I'm just going to assume... That's work that you did. Did you yes. feel like you were getting all the help you needed from no. the guards and the no. system? No. No. That's what I'm saying. You did no. that. Prison no. didn't do that. No. The guards no. didn't do that. Right. The governors didn't do that. Right. Sacramento no. didn't do that. You did that. No. And my feeling is that's what I want to really highlight. And that's what I really want people to mm-hmm. understand. Because people, there's this thing called persistence porn. And mm-hmm. I, I Sorry, it's a little cross. But mm-hmm. it's this idea like we love to hear how much people can take and everything that they've been able to come out from under, <laughs> forgetting that they shouldn't have to do that. Right, right. Most of us wouldn't be able to come out from under right. 27 years of being brutalized behind mm-hmm. the walls. If we are doing it right as a society, mm-hmm. and this is where I want people to really listen in, mm-hmm. Those 27 years should have been able to be done out, done out here. here. Yes, I get you. I get it. Now, the, okay. this is, this is <laughs> no, you, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Because um, all the programs, when we sit before the board, in order, I had to get out through a board, a panel what? of people listening to me to, as they grilled me. Right. Every, did, they, did they sit with you like year after year? No. Do these people know anything no. about me? Okay. They knew nothing about mm-hmm. me. Okay. So everything mm-hmm. that I gave them, all they knew is they had in front of them what I should have learned in these programs. Mm-hmm. But every program was created by an inmate. Not one program came from, from administration. Right. All the programs that we have to cite, the only program that came that was what? AA, NA. Right. That's the only program that... Uh, that's brought in the rest of the programs, um, 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 criminal thinking, um, all kind of little programs that they have. Anger management, gang, gang, anonymous. All these things are created by inmates. Right, so these are programs that they so are. So we fix ourselves. You're fixing yourself, and you're not even getting credit for it. Right, we got to go in and fix ourselves. And then they make a determination that says what. How many times were you denied parole? Let me put it that way. Once. Okay, th- okay that, yeah. that's un- and it was it's a little crazy. bit unusual. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. It's like they knew that they did not want to let me out that time. They wanted to see the look on my face because of all the hard work that I know I did. All the work I put in, my resume, everything that I'd done you know, throughout, throughout my time. They, it's like they're sucking in the stomach and see how I react. Can I ask... How many years had you been in when you got your first parole board and oh, went to parole? Oh, I had been in um, a long time because of third strike, which was which is really ironic, because if you have a homicide, one eighty seven, a murder, you go to the board quicker than the third strike, striker. It would take me. It would have taken until the law changed. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. That would have been had. I would have two thousand thirty or something before I went to the board. Whereas if you have a murder, you go to the board maybe the first 15 years. Mm-hmm. I could not see the board until, because of the, this three strikes law was like 
it was really hurting people. Really? Well, and again, by design. I mean, it's just a way exactly. to warehouse. So, you know, the only way I made it to level two is because of law change. Wow. Yeah. All right, so we got to think about yeah. that, right? Yeah. The, these laws, because there are you know hundreds of laws that mm -hmm. are created every year, and so many of them still have the vestiges of, mm -hmm. of, of slavery, Jim Crow, mm -hmm. convict leasing, all of that. You know, just a way to get people inside. It's a it's a multi billion dollar industry. There's no way that they don't want people. Inside. I was so happy to get a job for a dollar an hour. I mean, yeah, to course, end I up. I, well, no, put it like this: okay. you start off at thirty five cents. Oh. Most jobs pay. Between seven to eighteen cents an hour. Seven cents yeah. to eighteen cents an hour inside. I felt I had made it up to I was a dollar an hour. Well, he's a double A in the factory. Mm. The foreman in the factory. A right. dollar an hour. Again, there's your environment, mm -hmm. right? That that's you. Did you that had you believing that? Oh, mm -hmm. I'm at the dollar an hour. I'm done. I'm killing it in here. Yeah, right? okay. that's that so most when, people do. They, when you first got your whatever the mm -hmm. pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. job, did it occur to you that that was that this? Did you know anything about the Thirteenth Amendment exception clause? Did oh you, yeah, I wrote a I wrote a piece called when you the survival. You were, okay, sorry. Go survival ahead. Survival of um, the African. I'll let you see it sometime. I wrote a piece, uh, uh, but it was an underground piece. It was a it's a pamphlet on how to survive as an African American in prison. Mm. It's a survival survival guide. So we printed a lot of them, and we passed them out. I never put my name on it. I used to run into guys years later and say, "Have you ever read this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I wrote it." You know, but I didn't I didn't tell them that Do because you have a copy? we haven't. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get a copy okay, for you. Yeah, I um, this is amazing. because because you could I could have gone to the hole for that. All right. Oh, that's I another thing. The okay, so there again, yeah. so there's that thing. Yeah. Listen up, people. Right. Educating yourselves, try, survival yeah. skills Could around have been which you Bay knew about right. the Thirteenth Amendment and how you were being. I opened with that inside. in the book. That's the precursor mm -hmm. in the book. Oh my God! That's yeah. the precursor. And you had to do it underground yes. because you knew you could be thrown into yeah. solitary confinement for years for this. Right. <laughs> no, right. Okay. So now that it got you inside. On three strikes mm -hmm. for forty-four to life. Yes. Right. That's saying you're going to spend at least forty-four years in here, right, um, and and possibly more depending mm -hmm. on how things go. And forty-four years to totally mess it up, mm -hmm. right, for a bank robbery. Right. And while you're in here, you could possibly get thrown in solitary confinement for God knows, right? Exactly, <laughs> which is considered torture yeah. by the UN, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, human rights, okay. um, UN Council on Human mm -hmm. Rights. Um, it's considered torture after two weeks. Okay? okay, for teaching each other how to, to survive, survive this system of modern day yes. modern day slavery. So you did understand that that seven cents an hour or whatever the pennies mm -hmm. on the dollar already. That's um, that's incredible. Um, yes. And and they don't want slavery is abolished except you for it. after you committed mm -hmm. a felony, yeah. it can be re yeah. 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 You're a slave. Yeah. If, yeah. And actually, and Convicted. I also I um I haven't finished it, but I started writing a piece called Three X Equals Thirteen. Like it's written like a, a mathematical mm, equation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, but if you look at it and think about it, the third strike, which the 3x represents, exactly. equals 13. If you sit and try to figure out how can 3x equal 13, yeah. that's how. That's the how. third strike equals slavery, the 13th Amendment. Straight out. 
You know, I want to finish that piece too. I I, I got deep into it. I got deep into it. I'll tell you. About oh, okay, great. Well, yeah, we won't publish that. I'm just going to say I don't usually do this, but mm-hmm. this is just wonderful. Um, so for those of you that are listening that have just tuned in to KPOO, the San Francisco 89.5, you're listening to Prison Focus Radio. Um, I'm Nube, your host, and I am here with Trey Xavier. Am I saying mm-hmm. it correctly? Yeah, Xavier? yeah. And um, spent 27 years inside of uh, the California Department of Corrections, small R rehabilitation, um, on a 44 to life uh, conviction for bank robbery. Um, so, uh, yeah, just going to continue. All right, we are going to take a quick musical break here. Uh, we're going to listen to a piece that uh, Trey Xavier has recommended. Uh, by The Temptations, Message from a Black Man.
right. Um, if you are just joining us, this is KPOO San Francisco 89.5. This is Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, and I have been in conversation with Trey Xavier. And we are going to get back to him. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I love just being in conversation. Um, but I, uh, I love that we've been talking uh-huh. a, a lot about your, your writing, and I had no idea how much of an activist organizer you were inside, clearly. Yeah. They didn't either, thank you. First time I, I went to the hall yeah, is mm-hmm. because I passed out in the county jail before I was even sentenced. So I organized people to fast um, during the Million Man March. And it, someone found out about it. See, there's only one way to communicate, wow. in the, and that's to pass notes. Yes, yes. So being nice. in Los Angeles County Jail, you're in the Central County Jail. So people who go to court to other places like Long Beach, Compton, they have to come through. If they're coming from a branch jail, they have to come through the county jail where I was in the pro permise, so where I was defending myself. Um, a lot of gentlemen defending themselves because they feel that hey, I can do better than a public defender. So I was in a, what's called a pro pro module, okay. and so I stayed there all the time. I was I had access to legal books and things of that nature. So I just we decided to fast on the, uh, because we thought the Million Man March was such a great thing. Right? Yeah. So we we, 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 we pass out that, notes. in solidarity with that. We yeah. pass out notes to people wow. coming through. It spread around the entire Los Angeles prison um, uh, county jail system and 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 um, some they found out that I had organized that I had helped organize it and um, they put me in a hole they put me in a hole and what did they say to you like it would have, they came and did what like how they did came that and took all my books took everything read everything I had found some of the little flyers that we had all we were saying was don't go to child that day Feed everybody. Everyone get your own food. Don't go to child that day. That's what we're really saying. Right. Not necessarily fast. Don't go to child. Yeah. Everybody. Nobody goes to child in protest for this day. And um, So you were straight targeted once they found out. Yes, when they found out I was targeted. You made me think of that when you said organizing. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you know what was so beautiful about the universe? Mm-hmm. The day they let me go, they, they put me in a hole maybe a week or a week or so right before the Million Man March. They let me out the day of the Million Man March. And I, and, mm. and I, when I kept, came out, they let me walk alone. I couldn't find any escort. So I walked the escalator. I don't know, uh, L.A. County Jail is built kind of different than most county jails. And the chapel was open. There's no one in the chapel. I'm roaming alone, Nube. Wow. I walk into the chapel, Minister Farrakhan, it's a, on, the, on this big screen. I'm in there alone. I sit down and watch his speech. Wow. I thought that was so... Wow, and it's like, did they mess up? Was, or yeah, did they, they let me out? They, they, they said, you've been released. They, they told me I was released, and they gave me a role, and I left looking for an escort. No one was there. So I go up the escalator to the chapel. And there you There's are. no one there. Oh. And the big screen is playing Minister Farrakhan. So I sat out and watched it. It's this entire space. Wow, Tyler, it's like you could get your own kind of meditative yeah. space, just being connection with. And because of that, because of that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was during the time when OJ and the Menendez brothers were in there too. So it was kind of, uh, you know, yeah. Wow. Do you? 
did you find out what happened like uh, with any of the other people that like did they go did they no. not go to the chow hall do you know anything about oh, no, how they that didn't. went down they didn't oh, most they didn't they didn't fantastic. I found out that they didn't and um and some of the people who helped me get out were were the now the um it's a women's organization. Oh yeah, uh uh-huh. National yeah. Organization for Women. I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. National yeah, yeah, they are the ones who heard about it. So they started they started calling up there and wow. asking about me. Someone was because we were in a pro permise, we had a lot of resources. Right. So someone was calling different people and said, They got they took this guy to the hole for this reason. All he did was say, Don't go to child that day. So that's really beautiful. And is so does the pro is the pro per module still a thing? And mm-hmm. is this like a good time to like, hey, people, listen up, become your own advocate, take this yeah. seriously. I, but I'm wondering once you're in prison, um, like what happens? I mean, sorry, because I mm-hmm. don't really. I'm mm-hmm. realizing I don't really know how okay. it works. So you only pro per while you're in jail like fighting your conviction, or can you become, I mean, you're still fighting once you go to prison, right? Now, when you're pro per, um, extensively in the county jail. Okay. Because you're arguing your case. Right, right. You're standing before the jury. You're doing all this. Right. When you get to prison, everybody's pro per. That's the only way you go. That's the only way you got. Yeah, everybody's pro per then, you know. So, because that's the only way you're gonna get out. You gotta go to do your own research. You gotta do your own thing. You gotta get legal beagles to help you. You know, you gotta do your own thing then. That's so interesting because that's why I love. I just love being in conversations. I mean, this isn't my. You know, Uh obviously, I don't have the lawyer's mind, and I don't. Mm -hmm. It takes me some time to really understand how things work, and I'm wondering um, for people inside because. Unless you have done that before you get to prison, right? Do people understand? Like, so they haven't, mm-hmm. right? They just they're they're whisked from jail into the prison. Right. They're, they're they're being railroaded. They don't really know how to do. But being able to claim the ownership of, and now I am proper. This mm-hmm. is about me. So this yeah. is what I need to do now. Walking like mm-hmm. with that understanding. Do you think people have that understanding inside once they get in there? Yes, a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and then the, then there's this uh, camaraderie where people help each other okay. in prison. I do see yeah, that. They, they help each other, so a guy who's halfway getting there, he may not be um, educated as much as another guy who may have extensive education or at least completed high school mm-hmm. or have some college, and, and then he, he got caught up, but so... And then there's a lot of opportunity to, to go to school in prison if you can, you know, get in there and stuff. But, so you have a lot of people to help you. So, the guy, if a guy is illiterate, I know guys who came to prison illiterate. Sure. And by the time it was time to go, <laughs> you know, they, could, they could represent you. They yes. could represent you in court, right. you know. So, Again, there's that thing, yeah. right? Had they been steered, how the conditions been more right. as they should be out here in society, mm-hmm. they could have gotten all that while they were out here. Yes. Okay, but thankfully, you know, yes. again, there are people inside. That's the other thing that I, that thank you for highlighting. How did you feel, for you personally, you were clearly targeted, mm-hmm. right? Once, the, you know, this guy's an organizer, mm-hmm. he has some sense of where he wants to go, things like that. Mm-hmm. Did you see that occur did you see more of that when you got inside? Yes. So, and what did that look like? And yes. how do you? I wore, I wore uh, uh, an ex in prison, and not just 
an ex that they wanted to always that I would, um, was targeted, but I wore I went in as Trey X. Mm. My um my family members I had family members who were Nation of Islam. I eventually kind of um you know became more just spiritual and didn't title myself as mm-hmm. um too much Muslims or whatever. I, but Muslim is the gene pool that you want to be around if you're a black man in prison. That's where all the knowledge is. Right, right. That's where the discipline is. So even if you're not Muslim, you should be hanging out with the Muslims. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you're not, you should be hanging out with the Muslims, right? Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, in the beginning, and 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 um, Brother Belladon, um and I, it was almost the last time I saw him, and they split us all up and put us in different, uh, put us in a hole. I ended up in a shoe. Why? What? What happened? Mm-hmm. For a speech that we gave in, on the yard because they, what happened was. Um, they wanted to know how come all these guys who were shooting dice and drinking and getting high on the wall and handball, that was okay. That's what they were doing that, it was yeah, okay. Sure, sure. But when they started coming to the chapel and they started listening to us and they started pulling their pants up and coming in just for that one day, yeah. it became like, what are they doing in there? Okay, I would, can you just say mm-hmm. that again? I know that it's, it's mm-hmm. clear and concise, but please just say it again. When they were, so from that, when they were what? So let's start with that and then then continue. When they were drinking, when they were gambling and shooting dice. And it means that they are somehow, somehow that alcohol is getting in there and they're Mm -hmm. making it or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like it just, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so when they were doing all of that, uh uh-huh, pants hanging. They they weren't bothering them. Mm -hmm. But that one day, the Belagoon and a few of us had, where we'd go in the chapel and Mm -hmm. teach, that day was scrutinized. Who's going in there? Right. What are they doing in there? So one day they closed it. They said we couldn't go in there. So they laughed at us and said, we're not stopping you from having your service. You just can't have it in there. So we had it on the yard. Mm. So about 200 so, people showed up. More than usual showed up. Because <laughs> oh, of, so yeah, beautiful. more than usual showed up. Mm-hmm. And it was raining. They tried to clown us like, yeah, you can have it out here. I said, it's raining, man. Wow. I said, that's okay. As soon as the bell rang for people to come out of their, their units, the sun came out and the rain stopped. Wow. i never forget that day, December 1st, 1996. Mm-hmm. The sun came out mm-hmm. and the rain stopped. The people started coming towards the chapel and they were told, we told them that we can't go in today. So that means more people came to than usual. And it was crowded, and we gave a speech, and they didn't like the speech. Mm, can you say just a little summary? Of, well, I can imagine. Well, yeah. Well, well, we talked about oppression. We talked about um, one of the brothers. Uh, so truth. Are you were truth. Speaking yes. The truth we're speaking about with, and what was actually going on right then, mm-hmm. right there. What I just said about you, you guys are okay when you're over there, shooting dice and doing this, that, and the other. But now that you're coming here, it's a problem. You know, so. That became, and then we ended up, um, that was like 9 o'clock in the morning. So we had to sit in our underwear and handcuffs to about 11, 11 o'clock. On the day. yard? Yes, December. Oh, my God. On the yard. In December, with handcuffs with the, the zip ties because in our underwear. Because of a speech. Because of a speech. Okay, let me ask you just, because... Um, and I'm going to preface this, mm-hmm. and you probably already know this, and I know the people mm-hmm. that have been listening um, to me know this. 
these are the things that are most important to me because I, beyond the law, I, to me, how we are treating one mm-hmm. another. This is psychological. This is psychological abuse. This is mental abuse. Mm-hmm. This is spiritual abuse. Beyond the physical abuse that you are taking, sitting in your underwear outside, that's the... But this is... You know how many of us was? It wasn't just me. No, it was I know. 80 of us. Okay, that's yeah, right. 80 of us. That yeah. they decided that they were just going to take down right. because... So the assault on... The assault isn't on the body, even though you mm-hmm. are, your body is being... Mm-hmm. I, I get that, and, I, and I'm not discounting that. Either indulge me or just give me some feedback. Mm-hmm. Did you see it that way? And what do you feel, like, how does that play on the, the ability of some of the younger ones that mm-hmm. you're trying to, okay. to teach? Right there, honey, okay. right there. Now, that's great, that's great. No, I didn't see it that way because I was in the middle of it. When you're in the, when you're in the eye of the storm, all you see is surviving yeah. and continue to do what you're supposed to be doing, what you believe you're supposed to be doing. Um, you don't think about it. I mean, when Michael Jordan slammed, he did. He couldn't tell you the tech, the 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 trajectory of the. He just did it because right. that's what he did. Right. So they had other people to explain what he did. You know <laughs> what I mean? Absolutely. So so that's what was happening. We were just doing what we believed that we were supposed to do. Um, and out of that, you spoke about the young people. How did that affect? Years later, you know that day was legendary. That years later, guys would come to me and say, "Man, that was you in Belgoon. This was this is what happened." Some of them became Muslim. Some of them became some of them became knowledgeable people because of that day. So mm-hmm. sometimes when they do things like that, mm-hmm. and others pay for it, you know, sometimes it, it's a it's a heavy price price to pay. But some people got something out of that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Youngsters who understood, you know. Who, who understood what was happening or saw what was happening and couldn't believe because all they seen was something else. And see, Malcolm X set the standard of transformation for a man that goes to jail. Any brother that goes to jail, he first thing he gets is a dictionary. We heard Malcolm studied the dictionary. Right. You know, so just a, you know, he is he set the standard for what transformation Absolutely. can be Absolutely. for a man. Mm-hmm. So when young people come well, in, in later in the years, and they didn't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But when they see a brothers or some brothers that it looks like that's where it, that's where that is over there, mm-hmm. they gravitate to it. Absolutely, they gravitate to it, and that's what happened with Brother Pellegrino, myself, and others who a lot of the Muslims in prison. Did you see an up um, of an uptick in then trying to prevent that from happening? But I went underground from there completely. Because mm, right, it harkens back to the right, the rise of the Black Messiah. We just can't have yes, that. Yes, we can't have it. Right, we just can't have that. That's, you said you went underground. Well, so what yeah. Is that? And, yeah. Well, not at that moment. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I kept going. I ended up getting 12 months. We all ended up with 12 months in the shoot, 12 months in the hole for that speech. And what? Oh, my God. And what, for um, that speech. What prison were you in? It just opened, Salinas Valley. It had just opened. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the roughest prisons. You know, besides Pelican Bay, it was uh, Salinas Valley and High Desert. Mm-hmm. Those were like brand new prisons. So when you have a brand new level four prison, and these were uh, what you call 180 design, mm-hmm. they're designed so you can't 
You're always under surveillance. Yes, you're always under surveillance. That, that's what 180 means. Right, a lot exactly. of people don't didn't know that. You yes. know, that's how much gun coverage they have. Exactly. You know, so that's so why you can they be call shot it 180. Any time. Right, you can right. Be, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, um, 12 I went months. underground after. After I came out and I got involved in, um, you know, with the community again. But when I made it to a level three, which was I went to the hole again. And I didn't realize that I had because I had discharged a number years ago, it knocked off about thirty points because I had like eighty points. I went to prison, and the point system is how you go down in levels. Oh, so I ended up going down. Yeah, I went down to to lower points, so I ended up to a level three prison. Mm -hmm. Then I saw a little more freedom, a little, just a little more, Mm -hmm. and so I went underground. I didn't title any. We had a group called the Hidden University. Mm-hmm. And that the Hidden University represents that prison does not have to be what prison is supposed to be. Your cell can be a sanctuary of study, a sanctuary of knowledge. So we titled um, a group called the Hidden University, and that's what's on that the survival guide that I'm on too. Mm-hmm. And that kind of spread around a little bit, the Hidden University. So we would teach a knowledge of self in the Hidden University. You know, um, even though the Muslims were facilitated, we weren't necessarily um, focusing on religion. We're just teaching, so we had a bigger, uh, a larger, uh, reached a lot of more people because some people are afraid. They hear Islam, I'm like, oh no, you're, sure, you know. Well, yeah, you, you, know, know, <laughs> you know, know, you know what? So what does that look like? So right. I decided I want to go home. You know, this is this. So I started. That's why I went underground. That's mm-hmm. why I started doing things. I cannot ever walk away from the movement, right? Right. I right. can't ever do that. Exactly. But I got to find a way to do it. That's you know, and I so and I developed my pen. My pen started to develop, you know, and um, because of my pen, I was able to reach people. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm reluctant to call myself a writer because, you know, James Baldwin, Stephen King, Toni Morrison, they're writers. My pen, my, my pen became stronger. And yes. then I started off with the regular stuff, talking about my life. And then I started finding ways to grab people's attention and teach at the same time with my pen. So I have to give them a little bit of what they're familiar with. And before they before they know it, they're into like, oh wow, okay, that's not a regular hood book. That's not a regular urban book. It sounds urban starting off, but, right, but next thing you know, you're into it because that's what catches the youngsters. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, it, it does have to be a little bit right. sexy. So yeah, I mean, yeah it does. It has to be yeah. a little bit familiar yeah. to, you know, because we can't deny I mean, I hear all the time from, well, not even the younger ones necessarily, they're older, but yeah, I just, I, I loved the streets. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I knew, and it, you know, gave them something, and that's understandable. We all have that in any capacity. Isn't that like, something? Do you know, sometimes when I used to come home from work, mm-hmm. I lived in the, in the transitional home right there on Taylor, on Taylor Street. Right, all right, right, just down the street here, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I would be out working, or I'd go out somewhere, and... Because I hang out in, like, Chrissy Field, and because I feel comfortable, you know, doing that, go, go down to the, to the, and right now, I'm living in Park Merced, but when I come to the Tenderloin, there's something about it that makes me feel like, what's up? I'm home. Right, right. Even though there's a lot of despair, and there's a lot of what's going on, but it's like, I feel more comfortable, and isn't that it's true? Well, that's because you see them as human beings. Yeah. yeah. What's up, Trey? Hey, yeah, what's happening? What's yes, I doing today? You totally know? get it. They're totally slamming dominoes. I, yeah. I feel at home. You know, I feel yeah. at home there. 
But unfortunately, I don't want to live there. But there was something like, I guess that, um, they call it in music a blue note. The blue note is that you can't fake a blue note. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Some people, uh, the blue note is, you can sound like Aretha, you can sound like Anita, but you can imitate them, but you hear the blue note, it's like, oh, that's for real. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, oh, that's for real, you know? Absolutely. And that's where the blue note, when I, I go into Tenderloin, it's like, you know, I feel the blue note. Like, yeah, this is real here. This is the root. This is where it all comes from. This is where it all comes from. That's where it starts. That's it's like, where it's They talk about destroying, you know, you can't destroy those Africans or, or be, that is the root of it that's like the main ingredient for humanity exactly that's the main ingredient <laughs> everything else is a little bit cut off we're a little cut you know <laughs> until you go deep down in the Congo to the main ingredient you can't get rid of the main ingredient yeah it's like that's the main ingredient to humanity to, to, to human nature you know what I mean absolutely you know I got a little I, don't know, I did like my ancestry.com uh, recently I got a lot of um I can't believe sweet. How can I be a Northern European? I got, Isn't that funny? Yeah. I can't wait to do mine. Yeah. I just did the swab. Yeah, I, I did, did the swab. The reason I wanted to do it so bad is because I had a, we had put together a program um, in prison, and it was called "To Know Thyself." So it was going to be like it was going to be like ten or twelve of us who put our money together and we petitioned the warden. Could we do the ancestry.com? So people heard about it. And this one guy from the Kingian, the, the King, the Kingian nonviolent organization. It's a Japanese guy who teaches. He lives in Oakland too. He comes into prison a lot. And wow, and uh, and uh, he heard about. It. He said, "Man, that's a brilliant idea." He said, "You should do it bigger." So we spread the word. The next thing you know, the whole prison was on point. <laughs> so it became it became a thing to where I'm like, oh, "This would this. be great." So, so this would be great. We all swab. We're going to film it and everything. We all swab, whites, blacks, everybody. So when it comes back, Hispanics, you're going to find out that you're more kin to each other. Absolutely. Than, you know, this was the whole theme of it. Well. Did you get thrown in the hole for this? No, no. But look, look what happened. Look what happened. No, I'm back by. The, the, the warden likes this idea. Oh, okay. You know, now I've learned how to do those same things that You've I was doing it. underground. Mm -hmm. I learned how to do them with administration. Absolutely. That's right. one of the things that. So, so they backed it and everything, so it was going, and um, Ancestry, the Ancestry people had about 150 free swabs for us, they were going to go through it, we had the film crew, and a guy got busted, a cop got busted as a serial killer through his cousin's DNA. <laughs> so they had, <laughs> so... So Ancestry.com said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wait a minute. Well, so they, know what they're trying to sue us and everything now. So they said, look, we don't want to, we're going to put that on hold. We don't want to do this now. So that was, so that didn't, and yeah, then so we were upset. We were, we yeah. were upset like, man, see, look. They were like, Trey, see, who's going to be just, just the 10 of us do it. And I said, yeah, no. Yeah, it just grew bigger than, but I still want to do that. I want to do that for, for, um. Because there's a lot of people who've been in prison a long time. Well, a lot of people who haven't taken advantage of the, the ancestry DNA thing. And I used to see it on TV all the time, finding your roots and all that. And I used to always say, I'm going to do that one day. And so I did it. And so I did it. Um, uh, and 41% Nigerian. Um, um, the rest is all cut up with all kind of stuff. I'm like 12% um, um, 
like I said, I can't even understand a northern European. That's like the Vikings. That's like um, yeah, but that does you know? make sense. But <laughs> yeah. that's why that's part of claiming yeah. new a new African right. because all of that miscegenation right. as we were stolen from our homelands mm-hmm. and the the African slave trade, mm-hmm. right? And now the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Delta, that that's part of what it means, at least from what I'm understanding about claiming mm-hmm. the new African identity. Um, we are definitely going to have to have another conversation. Okay. I would love Anytime. for you to come. Anytime, I love that. I enjoy it. Yeah, so this is a, definitely a part one. I definitely okay. want to do a part two because I want to talk about. Um, I mean, you, you. Well, I was raised in Marcus Garvey Academy. Okay, so, so that's, that's what I can tell you. So right I got there, a lot of right? stuff so to. Right, I got, you got a lot of stuff yeah, to share. Yeah, I got a lot of and stuff. I, I knew Huey Newton. And, and I want exactly yeah. all of those beautiful yeah. things. So let's 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 um, say until next time until to next the people time. Okay. Um, who are listening. Obviously, this is pre-recorded, mm-hmm. and you know people know that. But um, and because I uh, folks in San Quentin mm-hmm. apparently can hear this. So that's that's right. that's awesome. Okay. And then, that's good. Um, uh, but I definitely want to talk more about like now that you mm-hmm. are out and mm-hmm. you know what's happening with you out here, and I want to know more about what you've been doing, okay. what you did when you were inside, and if that stuff is still happening. So yeah. we can talk all about that. And plus, I just love it's just uh, great being in conversation yeah, with you as all the good too. stuff comes out. This so is good Trey, thank you so much for being here. Right. So appreciate, appreciate you. And um, and we will be looking back. forward. I'm looking forward to coming back. Yeah, me too. Alright, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Yes. All right, beautiful people, that is our show for the week. Um, And uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Trey Xavier, which is going to be a part two. So join us next week because there's lots more uh, to talk about uh, with this brother who just came out after 27 years. Um, Don't forget to make your donations to KPOO San Francisco 89.5, this beautiful, dignified, poor people's radio, black-run, black-owned, and um, uh, just some beautiful programming, beautiful music, beautiful commentary you are not going to hear anywhere else. So I want to give another shout-out to, uh, well, just a deep appreciation for this hour uh, that we can uh, devote to, um, uh, well, abolition, right? Prison issues and uh, modern-day slavery taking place within our prisons. One precious hour that you will not find anywhere else. So thank you so much, KPOO. So make those generous donations. You can go online easily, kpoo.com. But if you want to send in your donation, go to make your check or money order payable to KPOO and address it to KPOO PO Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115. Bring the love. Bring it big. The only way this radio station will stay um, given to the people will come from the people. Y'all have been incredibly generous over the years. I expect nothing less uh, this time as well. Um, Hope you are uh, enjoying the movement towards the holidays and enjoying family. Um, All power to the people. Get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer.